Welcome to the Fierce Mothers podcast, where we help black and brown women find guidance and inspiration every week. We are so excited to have you listen in. I'm your host, Ugochi Onyewu. So today I am talking to Ona Jajawachuku. Ona is an educator, researcher, writer, and lifelong learner. A maverick person with collaborating dualities, she has multiple interests and pastimes. Her overarching aim is to bring positive and lasting change to the world, one person at a time. She also happens to be my niece. Today, we talk about women rebelling against the norm. Welcome to this episode. Good morning, Ona. How are you? How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice to have you on the show. I'm so excited for this talk. It's going to be so great. Having the listeners get to know you and get to know what, what we're talking about today. So I'm super excited to dive in. And of course, as you know, this is just going to be two ladies just you know, talking, it's very conversational and we're going to have lots of fun with it. So, you know, I guess the the best way to kick it off is just, uh, if you could just kick it off by telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Things like that. Well, school, just talk us through so we can get to know Ona. Okay. So my name is um, Ona. Um, Atiguchi is my auntie, my mom's (laughs) sister. I was born in Isialangwa. In my village, <laughs> in Mbasi, mm-hmm. in Abia State in Nigeria, I went to I went to school mostly in the east, and uh, had you know bits of time where I lived in Lagos as well. Kind of gave me a nice rounded experience just mm-hmm. growing up, you know, because I have friends in the east and friends in the west as well. And of course, my school MGCOWERI had people from all over the country, so very nice rounded experience yeah undergrad was uniport university of port Harcourt, again in the east but again people from everywhere were there yeah no i love how you said it was a, a well-rounded experience you know you went to federal government girls college or which is actually where i went but many many years before you obviously uh all girls boarding school and to your point it was a place where people from all over the country um came to school you got to meet a lot of people that became lifelong friends would you say that was your experience as well Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You know, as you're talking about your life experiences, having been born in the eastern part of Nigeria, going to school in the eastern part of Nigeria as well, and meeting people from all over the country and getting a lot of your experiences right during that time, how would you say that impacted you or how who would you say has had the most impact on your life that has helped you shape you into who you are today? I'd love to hear about that. Okay, so that one isn't simple. And I, I like that, you know, you asked about the experiences because when I was mm-hmm. thinking about this, it was, it's, there's not one person but it has been the experiences through each like phase of my life or wherever it is I've been um, through the things I was going through or that were happening. There were always people strategically placed in my life to help me mm-hmm. guide me, you know, positively, you know, shape some aspect of my personality. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's the experiences because I've had mm-hmm. lo- <laughs> varied experiences, you know, but then at each point there's always been somebody 
to help me. Any particular experiences that you would say have helped shape you, whether it was something that maybe wasn't as great at the time, you know, like, for example, for me, I know I always <laughs> remember when my mother would drop me off, especially in the early years of boarding school, and I would be super homesick. But even in those times, you know, the other girls who were in the same situation, and we'd come together, and like really console each other and some of those really strong bonds were formed through that what you would call a little bit of trauma you know so I'd just be curious as to whether there were any particular experiences that helped you I think I think I think the experience I would say really kind of formed who I am as an adult right now Mm -hmm. was the eight years I spent in is northern Cyprus the island Mm. yes because it was literally the middle of nowhere for me. I knew no one, nobody knew me. Mm-hmm. And I really had to rely on, and this is one aspect of my life that's been constant, the presence of God in my life. It was kind of like almost a wilderness experience, kind of, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously not wilderness like the desert, but mm-hmm. figuratively, you know. So I had to figure, th- I had time to figure things out for myself and ask like hard questions. I had time to study, I had time to read and just think, you know, in solitude. Mm-hmm. And of course, like, you know, relationships, because um, prior to that, I've been in Nigeria, you know, my whole life. So uh, away from my, my mom, my brothers, you know, family. Mm-hmm. And of course, spiritual friends, mm-hmm. you know, people that help you stand. And I just had to, it was, it, it really has shaped you know, a lot, I had access to a lot of books. Mm -hmm. So I just spent a lot of time reading. I just kind of like, what comes to mind is like a, like a sword with a whetstone, you know, just Mm. deliberately, slowly, just, you know, Mm -hmm. scraping Mm -hmm. away, scraping away, scraping Mm -hmm. away, you know, so it was painful Mm -hmm. at times, Mm -hmm. you know, scraping, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but a great experience for me. Yeah. Awesome. So talk to the audience about what you were doing in Northern Cyprus for eight years. That would be helpful to get some context. Yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I I had a bucket list of things to do by the time I was 30. And there was two of them. One was live on an island. And the other one was get get an MBA. And so Mm -hmm. them two Mm -hmm. came together, Northern Cyprus. Mm. Uh, So I, I applied and uh, got into the American University in Kyrenia, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, the main city. Mm-hmm. So I started, they're very relaxed over there. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to just break my master's down into like maybe one course a semester. Just took my time studying, yes, but also studying other stuff and yes. meeting new people and yeah. doing, experiencing mm-hmm. what the island had. That was when I realized I liked bird watching of all things. <laughs> there was a, I went bird watching like went to the nooks and craze you know it was it was great it was it was learning about myself you know things mm-hmm. I liked so yeah mm-hmm. and I, I after that when I finished when I finally decided you know what I just finished this out and move on mm-hmm. I finished that and then I got into teaching English language which I love mm-hmm. I love the language it's mm-hmm. incredible so mm-hmm. I started teaching and then the rest of my time there was spent teaching until I decided um I wanted a bigger experience in my career. I left because Northern Cyprus is small, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so you you talk about teaching. That's interesting, and that's going to be kind of a segue because that's that's what you do now. So, did you always know you'd be an educator? Was that 
the experience in Cyprus that helped shape that desire to be an educator or had you always known and what made you choose the career of, of teaching? I've been a stumbler and a bumbler <laughs> into things of life. Some people are very, you know, very strategic and they, they get it that that's not been the case with me. You know, I stumble into things. And again, I put this as um, the hand of God. This is like mm -hmm. the principle for me. I see mm -hmm. somebody helping me with my stumbling and my bumbling all of the time. So mm -hmm. before I got to Cyprus, I was designing clothes. It was my passion. Still is. You know, mm -hmm. I really wanted to see uh, Africanness, Ebo-ness, in the clothes that people wear on their bodies. And mm -hmm. I remember when I started, there was no one doing it. And people were like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. But um, so I, I, I went to do the MBA for my own business to have this dream fashion empire, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I went to do the MBA for my own business. My intention was to go back to Nigeria. That was fully my intention. And, but I got to Cyprus and somehow I... You know, I come from a family of educators. You know this. My grandfather, mm. your father at some point mm. was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Same with all of my grandparents, my mm. mother, you know, my aunties. Auntie Grace was the vice principal of FGC Oweri, you yes. know. Yes. My grandmother was a principal. So, you know, it's always been there. I never considered it as a career path. I will be honest, I never did. But it was just there, you know, something that's innate to you. So um, I would teach Bible school mm -hmm. and then I was teaching when I was in Nigeria I was teaching teenagers you know it was just I was constantly somehow always teaching somebody mm -hmm. so okay Cyprus job opportunities somebody told me all oh, of the English language oh you love English oh no you're very good at it okay go ahead go mm -hmm. and apply for the job I was not qualified but I just went for the interview mm -hmm. and I talked to the lady I got the job and so mm -hmm. I started so I was learning on the job and I was good at it mm -hmm. you know and that's just how it developed and I and I realized my gosh there's skills to this thing there's tools to this thing and I just really want I, I want to be and this is one of my driving things I want to be a a very skilled enabler because that's what a teacher is mm -hmm. enabler of people's dreams everybody that comes to me has some dream and I want to enable and I want to have, do it at a very high level that's why I'm just constantly always doing that course so what's happening here reading mm -hmm. up this stay on you know at the forefront of what's going on no you know you said two things that that i i really want to come back and make sure that we we address the first thing is um i i chuckled to myself when you talked about how you kind of stumbled <laughs> into your career path and that your path has never been really strategic and i think that really speaks to me and i'm sure a lot of people who are listening because, you, you know, you kind of grow up feeling that you have to have it all mapped out and planned out. No, I think it's just having that passion to discover that curiosity, right, to try different things. This is what I tell my children. And then you can kind of figure out as you go along, of course, it's a, it, it's God guiding you, you know, we're women of faith that, you know, the divine is, is kind of leading that way. But yes. I think the great thing about it is that we, we don't have it all figured out and we don't have to, you know, and that was the first thing that really struck me. And I wanted to call that out because because I think that's really powerful that you stumbled into it. To you, it seems like you stumbled, but it was a, it was the different things you tried that kind of led you there, even though it seemed like a stumbling into. That was the first thing. And the second thing that really struck me was I love what you said. And I'm paraphrasing how you said it. You're you're enabling people's dreams. I love that. You know, you know, you think of um, 
educators as, as teachers, of course, and, and it's such an important career. But I, and I've always sort of had a great admiration for educators because, you know, some of the greatest people that have shaped me have been my teachers. But I've never heard it be put quite that way. Right. An enabler of people's dreams. I love that. So, you know, obviously, as you talk about teaching and educating, I can tell that there's a passion for it. And to your point, you want to keep learning so that you can keep enabling people's dreams, right? I think we could all use advice in this area. And I'll speak for myself, you know, having a passion for, for, for learning. Did you always have a passion for learning? Or yes, of course you did, because that's how you started on the path. But was it something that as you started to learn, the passion grew? Or was it always there? Talk to us a little bit about how people like me can develop a passion for just constantly learning. You already touched on something you said, you know, previously, being mm-hmm. curious. You have to be curious. And I think upbringing matters. Growing up, one of the things my dad always said to me, oh, no, you can do anything you want to do in this life. Mm-hmm. I will never forget this thing, you know, mm-hmm. because it stuck in there. He kept on saying it. He mm-hmm. would always say it, always say it. So, you know, same thing with my mom. My mom is always doing this, doing that, yes, you know, yes, going yes. here, going there, you know. So <laughs> I grew up in an environment that encouraged curiosity, mm-hmm. especially intellectual curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. maintaining that, I, I can't tell you I have like a, like an answer to that one because I don't know what keeps me going. Like I, I'm always asking questions. Why? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Why is this not happening? Mm-hmm. And I would say to, to keep your curiosity because, you know, Look at children are born curious. Yes. You're constantly having to pull them away from this. Yes. Come back from here. That's how mm. we're born. I would say so for parents, mm. don't cut, find a way not to cut that off. Mm. You know, but then even as adults, you know, I think also so friends that you have. Mm. I have mm. curious friends. Mm. They're always so, and I know you have this to your like from your the first season of your podcast, there's women just constantly reinventing themselves. They get mm. to this and like, you know what, I'm not doing this, I'm doing that, you yes. know, like. Is the theme I've seen in yes. almost all people you uh, interviewed mm-hmm. in the first season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and again, referring to the fact that we're believers, our God fosters curiosity, you know, yeah. he will, yeah. he will just, yeah. you know, he's always pouring you from one place to the other. And you, mm-hmm. you have to learn, you know, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. have to learn. Mm-hmm. You don't have all the skills all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a mix, I would say. Yeah. And then, of course, being intentional. So at this point in my life, I'm intentional about, you know, being curious. So if I am if I have a new experience at work, I'm like, all oh, right, so what does that mean? I'll just Google, because Google is your friend. Start there, you know, and then kind of just build up uh, on that. It, it's not a simple answer. Yes. You know. It's not a simple answer, but I think you've answered it really well. You know, it's the few things I I got. The first one is we're all born with that curiosity, right? It's just innate. Um, Our maker has put that in us. We have that curiosity and actually that desire and passion to learn. It sounds to me like it's just something that we all need to learn to nurture, whether it's by the people that we surround ourselves or just developing that practice and that determination to say, yes, this curiosity that that I was born with, this passion for learning that I was born with, 
I'm going to nurture it and keep developing it. So I think you answered that in a very, very good way. So so thank you for that. I want to I uh, segue a little bit, which is super exciting. I'm so excited to talk about this. And, and I know you are too, <laughs> is how did your passion? So 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 for the audience, Anna just wrote her first book, which I'm super proud of. And it's just such an amazing book. And you're going to tell us all about it. But before we do that, I, I, as we segue, we're talking about passion for learning. How did your passion for learning lead you to say, you know, what? I, I'd like to write a book. I'd love to hear about that journey. I'm super excited to hear about it. <laughs> it's just the desire to share. I just want to share, you know, mm. the so mm. I don't know if you had time to read it. A lot mm. of the content is questions. You know, there's, yes. I, I have that I, I don't pretend mm. to be this authority mm. on this topic mm. that I wrote about, right? Mm. Just I want people to, I think also, yeah, question, like be mm. curious, mm. be curious. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the overarching things is like, don't just read it, yes. be curious yeah. and yeah. want to know more. It's like yeah. a an introduction, a doorway. Yes. And yeah. I encourage, go in this door and find out. So talk to us, tell us about the book. Um, and what is it about? T- talk to us about this book. <laughs> okay, so um, it's called Girls and Women in the Bible, Deliberate Examination of the Activities of Girls and mm. Women. Because, And I made mm. sure I put girls because yes. it's not just women. They were mm. girls. Yeah. Consider the age. Mm-hmm. This came up. I've been reading the Bible for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and you get bored. I get bored. I, I let me not speak for anybody else. I get bored because I've read it. I've read it again. I've read mm-hmm. it again. I'm, you know, because you're, mm-hmm. you're constantly reading. I'm like, mm-hmm. so I found something. I always have to make it interesting. Like, uh, I'll just pick a word. I start looking for it. I started with, I started from Genesis. I was reading about Eve moving, you know, step. I said, ah, what's happening? Like, I see, you know, <laughs> it was not intentional. I told you I'm a stumbler. Not intentional at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I was, because I was reading online. So I'll just copy and paste it to a Google Doc. And then I looked, I said, Anna, what's happening? You you are built, there's something going on right here. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me be more deliberate about looking for these. Like, so everywhere though I saw a girl, she said, I would copy that. And then I would put my mind in there and you know, ask questions. So for example, the story of Dina. Dina is Jacob's daughter that had that whole encounter with the young man who went yeah, her and her brothers yeah. went and killed off everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is traumatic to say the least. And then it said there that uh, after the rape and everything, then he began to woo her. So there's a possibility at some, you know, the way, and I wrote it in the way of a man and woman, you, you don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't tell us if she got emotionally involved with him. The next mm-hmm. thing, her brothers came and, how did she feel mm-hmm. about all this? You know? It's 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 actually what I love about this is that you are asking questions from the perspective of it's almost like an inside out, right? So we we've we've studied the word of God and we studied women of of the Bible. And of course, you you wonder how their their experiences, how they felt about things. But it has been a very, at least for myself, I haven't spent time really sort of putting myself in the shoes of each woman. Yes, there's certain women in the Bible that I have done that with because it, you know, the stories are very sort of compelling. But even these sort of little I don't I don't say obscure like stories like Dina who Dina wasn't the center stage of of Genesis right it was just almost like something that happened and we just moved on but you're like wait a minute no no this happened let's spend some time here let's put ourselves in Dina's shoes 
let's understand what trauma she may have gone through. It's just a very different way of looking at the characters, which I love, and also kind of calling out these characters in the Bible that were that were female. You know? So it's just a, an amazing thing. I guess for me, you've told us what the book is about, which is amazing, and I love that. What do you want your readers to learn from this book and to take away? I didn't write it for women. Yeah, okay. I want men and women to read it. Mm -hmm. I want my readers, whoever opens up that book, I I want them to see that the Bible is not just a book about men. It's about people, men and women and children and girls, boys, Mm -hmm. that everybody has and has a part to play in God's story. Nobody should be relegated to the background because I even identified. So uh, you would have a situation where um, like Lot, when they captured Lot's uh, family and Abraham to go rescue them. Mm -hmm. So, and it says uh, there were girls and the, the women and the girls in Lot's sang praises. Yes. And it's like maybe yes. one sentence, but they sang praises. Yes. Yes. Something yes. they did affected that situation yes. that they were in. Because remember, God, this is God's story. If you mm-hmm. look at it from that angle. Mm-hmm. So you cannot relegate mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. to the background. Yeah, I love they're it. All necessary. All I love it. Necessary. I yeah. love it. I love it. And even as you talk about, about that in the context of the book, Right. It's so true. And I know that's what you're saying. It's so true in real life. Right. As we talk about women and we talk about girls and we talk about everybody, men, women, boys, girls, everybody has a part to play in God's story. I That is so powerful Anna. You know, it's such a powerful <laughs> statement. I love it. I love it. And it's, uh, I'm going to draw that out as one of the themes of this talk. So thank you so much. Um, You know, as we start to kind of round up, you talk, talked a little bit about, about the book. What I'd love to know is, first of all, you know, before we start to talk about your platform and how people can reach you, how they can get the book and all the rest of it, because of course that's important. There are no dead ends here, right? Yes. Um, I would like you to talk to someone who might be out there that's considering writing a book, because I personally believe that every single human has a story inside of them. Every single human has a book actually inside of them, right? Whether they know it or not. So what would you say to someone that's considering writing a book that's like, ooh, I don't know, that's too much work, or who's going to read it, or who would care, or you know, all the questions that we ask ourselves. I'd love to hear your perspective. Write it. <laughs> write Just it. Do let, it. Me, let, me, let me tell you how I wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the research, because I had to do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. I was writing this book on the train in my lunch break. Mm-hmm. Uh, two seconds. Mm. you know i put in a word there even editing it Mm. it took i did not have one long huge block of time where i could do it Mm. but there was just something really pushing me like i need to get this out give birth to this thing you Mm. know so this is my it doesn't matter and again don't put any i mean obviously you have to set goals or whatever but Mm. just get on with it just write it the world needs to hear what you have inside of you yes even if it's one person that reads this book and somehow their life is changed for the better so how can people reach you are you on social media how can they purchase a copy (laughs) of the book on instagram on a butterfly facebook 
I have a page specifically for stuff like this, and it's Honor Butterfly as well. So okay. if you just put it Honor Butterfly, if you type in the search bar, it will come up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And of course, this will all be in the show notes. So, and how can they purchase a copy of the book? Uh, it's on Amazon, correct? Amazon, yeah. So there's the Kindle version, mm -hmm. there's the uh, paperback version. Everything's on Amazon. If you just type mm -hmm. my name, it'll pop up as well. Well, this has been amazing, Ona. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. Thank you for the opportunity. You know, when oh, you spoke cool. to me about that, I was like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> I was very excited. Thank you. Oh, Thank you me. are so welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode. What was your main takeaway from this episode? What did you like? What, in your opinion, are some ways that we could improve? I want to hear from you. You can reach me at ugochi at fiercemothers.com. To learn more about Fierce Mothers, please visit our website at fiercemothers.com and join our mailing list for our weekly newsletter. The newsletter provides powerful tips and inspiration for life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fierce Mothers. Follow me on LinkedIn at Ugochi Onyewu. We are building an engaged community of fierce mothers. So please tell your friends about the show. See you next week. Thank you.